0: Welcome back all to the Thrill Me Podcast. Um, This is episode seven. I'm your host, Adam.
1: Uh, My co-host, Jared, is beside me. How are we, mate? Oh, yeah, I was all right uh, until you got here. and I I think we're starting to have creative differences now. What seems to be the problem? Well, personally, I think it's customary when we're recording this to share a a, a box of barbecue (laughs) shapes and smash them as quickly as possible. (laughs) But obviously, I was eating too many because you've come in here tonight with two... Separate bags. I, I feel and, the small, and smaller quantity. I, I feel,
0: but I feel the sort of singular pack allows you to savour your um, your shapes. Uh, it also comes customary with a a bottle of coke. Yeah, you well, know what I mean. You can't ask for more. You well, didn't, I'm just going to let it be known that this is an issue. Okay, um, we'll obviously I have to have some discussions about our rider. Yeah, yep. Just to let everyone know we promised a guest spot for this episode. <laughs> Once again due to some technical problems <laughs> we okay, technically I, don't know what to do. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> um, we have been unable to source uh, the the guest that we talked about. Well
1: the guest waiting been waiting for about two weeks. Yeah, we he's the guest is super keen,
0: but we can't seem to get him get him recording. So it's not a, you know, the film we're gonna cover today is a surprise. Not to you guys to, not to us but to you guys. It's 1989's houseboat horror. Now, if, if you've been listening to this podcast from the get go, you'll start to see you're starting to see a little bit of a pattern forming in our horror choices. Uh, slasher films seems to be where we've been going. Oh, I thought you were going to say they're shit. Yes, uh, other than Halloween, they're probably pretty shit. But uh, houseboat horror is probably we've reached a new depth. Of shit. We're, talk about we're scraping the bottom of the get, barrel. I don't think you can get, get, get any lower than this. So this is an Australian flick as well, so that's part of the reason why we're covering it. So strap yourselves in. We'll start by uh, talking about what we've been watching since we last recorded. Hmm. Uh, I have had pretty slim pickings uh, recently. I haven't had a lot of time to do it. Uh, I did catch the action comedy or the comedy action Let's Be Cops, which was okay. Uh, It was kind of, I guess you'd say it was a sort of a 21 Jump Street sort of retread. It was a little bit, it wasn't as good as that, but it was reasonably amusing in parts. The other one I watched as well was um, Cold Prey 3, Hmm. Um, which wasn't too bad. It's, It's certainly not as good as the first two, but there's a bit of an ominous atmosphere to the whole series. It's really well-directed, and I think it, at times quite creepy and scary. And this one was a prequel, though, so it was sort of like folding back on top of itself, and it was a little bit murky in the way it was in the motivations and stuff like that. But it was okay. It's watchable. That's a, that's unfortunately all I've been able to, to get right. since we last recorded. Um I went on a bit. Don't bender. tell me it's a RaboCop TV.
1: No, space. no, I gave Christ that. Christ sake, gave that. <laughs> We're still on a bit of, of it. We're on a bit of a bender. I still haven't finished <laughs> it. But I just, I just put it to the side for a little while. <laughs> okay. Um, I watched Fright Night Two. Fright the, Night Two. The um remake.
0: Oh, Fright Night
1: Two. That <laughs> I haven't seen that. Oh, look, It was okay.
0: Um, was it like? Was it actually a remake, or was it of the? The original Fright Night 2, or
1: was it sort of just a follow-on from the new version of Fright Night? Well, this is the thing. It's Look, the movie was all right. I would say if you're a horror fan, check it out and have a look. Um, Brought nothing new to the table, but I'm just confused by what they're doing because I know the original was kind of the same. The original Fright Night was was good, and then Fright Night 2 was essentially the same idea, Mm. and it's the same with the remakes. You know the 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 second movie is the same premise. It's it's the kid
0: next door um, thinks he's next door. Yeah. Well, they vampire. just take
1: it. They take it on um, on a uh, like a school trip to Europe, and now it's still the neighbor, but she's sort of across the street, and she's a she, not a he. Mm. But you know, you've got Evil Eddie, who at the start is you know Evil Eddie. He's not. There's nothing about the. Nothing about um, what happened in the previous movie. It's just a separate entity, so I don't understand why you're making a sequel with the exact same story as the first one. I, well, well just,
0: unless you call Friday the
1: 13th. You well, seem to do that fairly
0: regularly. But even they film. change
1: names of characters and stuff. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh,
0: well, um, maybe it's one of these, um, someone had the rights to it and they just decided
1: that it was almost like another remake and they called it Fright Night well, 2. I think it... My feeling is, and I'll probably, I haven't looked this up, but I think it's a nod to the original two, that the first time around they made the, the sequel and it was just the same premise, like starting again. So pretty much you've got two movies, you've got Fright Night 1 and Fright Night 2 is essentially a remake of Fright Night 2. Then they remake Fright Night 1 and remake... <laughs> this is getting it's complicated. Just, yeah, it's, I just, I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, but if you just sort of take it as it's, you know, a standalone movie, it's not bad. Yeah, Okay. Anything else? Uh, Transformers 4. How um, was that? Not great. Not great? Not great. Um, I
0: believe it's a bum-numbing three hours <laughs> long or something.
1: Well, the high points were few. I think Mark Wahlberg was all right. I think yeah. he was probably a good choice. Um, Stanley um, Tucci? Stanley Tucci was great, as <laughs> yeah. always. But, by God, I mean, I've never watched a movie... And found that the action sequence is so friggin' boring. It's like death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Every time you, every time you turn around, there's a, some action scene or some robots fighting and stuff. And by about an hour, well, not an hour, by about midway through the movie, you just don't want to see it anymore. Like mm. I've never ever sat through an action movie quite like it, where you're just watching these massive action scenes on a big scale and just, just sort of numb. Yeah. Just sitting there numb. Well, look, I,
0: I, I dropped out of the Transformers franchise two films in. Um, well, I probably should have. The second one, where you see that Devastator, it was supposed to Devastator. be. Now, if oh, anyone remembers the memory. cartoons and the, the actual original Transformers toys, Devastator was a big green uh, Transformer made up of like five different Transformers, which were all um, constructing workers, yeah. And it looked really cool. In the movie, they turned it into this gigantic thing with teeth and testicles. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember watching that too and just thinking, why? What, what was the problem with just having a really big transformer? Yeah. Why do we have
0: to have this monstrosity? I don't, I don't know what that was, but I dropped out of the series after that. Yeah,
1: look, it, it continues to disappoint me. But, yeah. I mean, I, I liked the first one a lot. It was yeah. just big, dumb fun, but I really enjoyed it. Second one was a disgrace. Third one, I know it's got really bad press and reviews, and most people don't like it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. Again, it was back to that big dumb fun, wasn't quite as convoluted, but Jesus, you described it. (laughs) You described it part four perfectly with bum numbing. Yeah. It was numbed everything. Too long. Too long. Yeah, which was, yeah, it was a bit disappointing. Um, I also watched um, Haywire. Hey, why? And Gina Carano, hmm. holy shit, she is awesome. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, you're all she's in. Just she's rocketed up the rankings to are you, around are you, are you, the rock. Are you putting your, um, putting all your eggs in that basket? I'm putting my eggs in the Carano basket. Oh. She's fantastic, man. Yeah. You should see the fight she has with um, Fassbender and. Um, Channing Tatum one, it's it's a bit short, but Jesus, she whoops the pair of them. Yeah. But it's not one of these, you know, like Steven Seagal type things yeah. where she just rolls through everyone. Yeah. She's getting getting, um, you know, beaten Stanked too. But she's awesome, and she's got a real presence. I, I know she's got a bit of um, bit of criticism over sort of dialogue delivery and stuff like that. But I'm a, I'm a fan. I think she's really good. Obviously, she would um, have had problems with
0: the fan, the fast fight too, because <laughs> I believe his cock would have been involved too. <laughs> so that's that's a
1: double whammy. We get uh, we've just got to um. Back to the dick jokes. Uh, it, yeah, I was going to say we you a tally of how yeah. many podcasts we can go without a, a dick yeah. joke. We've just heard a zero. bing in the background. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the movie itself is not great. It's probably you know three out of five sort oh, of. Yeah. It, but um, I would definitely go and go and check it out because she's she's awesome. Okay. Um, I also watched Friday the Thirteenth parts two, three, and four. Ooh. And um, sort of watched them and then watched the corresponding chapter in Crystal Lake Memories. Mm. And. Um, yeah, I really sort of changed my views on a couple of them. Because you was... were a staunch non-Part
0: 2 fan. I really no, didn't mistaken. like Part
1: 2, but I've changed my tune. I thought Part 2 actually did probably a better job than Part 1. It In, did. in sort of uh, some of the characters and how it sort of put them together. Even though they are still fodder, it treated them... Better and you didn't dislike some of them as much and just think oh what's going on here you know it was I thought it treated them better and um, Ginny, they did kill Crazy Ralph which they was did, all, that was a plus give yourselves um, a hand for that Ginny
0: was great yeah, yeah like
1: she's a really sort of one of these really strong she's probably the best part characters. of
0: part two the fact that she's actually a strong, really strong final girl and I think that that works well in that.
1: In that film's favor, yeah. So part two really sort of jumped. What in my about part opinion. three? Part three sort of stuck where it was. I, I, um, it's fun, but it's not not great. Part four is probably still one of my favorites yeah, in the series. I really like part good. four. Uh, very good, Jason too. I think probably the
0: most menacing of the Jasons. I think out of all of them, yeah. potentially. Yep. Um. But yeah, I'd actually like. Wouldn't mind having a look back on that series. Mm. Um, yeah, well, that's uh,
1: that's what I'm. I'm just planning on. Continuing Turn my way through right it. through the end. To you the will end. be um, desperate for the end come uh, parts eight, nine, ten. You know I love part <laughs> ten. And I will be watching Freddy vs. Jason and I will be watching um, the remake. The remake? Remake I like. Freddy vs. Jason I like. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think part five is going to be the test for me. I hate part five. <laughs> yeah, I don't think part five gets any better. Okay. Um, is um, that everything? But that's man? everything, yeah. That's everything? You've had a a bit of time on your hands. Yeah, I've got a little bit of time to to watch some things things there, so. Oh, that's good. Yeah. All right, we will take a little break before launching into
0: Houseboat Horror, but the break is going to just give you just a little touch of the dialogue involved in this film. So enjoy that. We'll be back in a second. some great naked visuals Australia's Houseboat Horror. <laughs> Directed by Kendall Flanagan, who did a bit of um, TV work in Australia on Prisoner and Neighbours. Acropolis, Acropolis Now? <laughs> Produced by Rick Lapis and Ollie Martin, neither of which have any further producing credits. Written by Ollie Martin, who has no other writing credits. It stars Alan Dale, who in Australia was a big neighbours man, which mm. is an Aussie soap. Fairly big name at the time. Uh, any American listeners might remember him from Indiana Jones and the Crystal, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, The O.C., Ugly Betty. He played prominent roles in those. He's he's a solid sort of older character actor. It also starred... He plays Evans in the movie. Gavin Wood was a voiceover man for a musical television show in Australia called Countdown. Sort of our version of Top of the Pops. He has... No other credits, as far as I'm aware. Well, he's not an actor. He's not an actor's (laughs) arsehole. His name in the movie was Costello. And Animal, don't laugh, he's listed in the credits at the start of the movie as Animal. Hmm. He was a drummer for a session house band on a variety show on a Saturday night called Hey Hey It's Saturday.
1: Yes, which was a very long-running and very popular show here. Yes.
0: No um, one else would have seen it, I'm sure. No. It's not a,
1: it's, it didn't get
0: outside the shore, uh,
1: Australian shores. As well, as I think the weird. closest it got to going outside Australian shore was when they tried to bring it back, and uh, Harry Connick Jr. showed up to judge a bit of a, a talent thing. And um, next thing you know, we're all over the internet for being a bunch of racists because these peanuts showed up in blackface. <laughs> so that's as close as we got to... Um, oh, Lord.
0: Yeah, Hey, hey, was not really in step with yeah. current... Um, times, I think. It... No,
1: and for anyone that's listening outside Australia, I promise we're not all like yeah, that. Yeah, no, no.
0: <laughs> hey Hey died a natural death in like 89 or 91 or something, yeah. didn't it? And when it made its return, it was like 2010, and it was so out of step. Way with, out of step. um,
1: current society, it was just laughable. But you'll be happy to know that Daryl Summers, the host and probably gatekeeper of the whole thing, is, uh, trying to revive it on the net now. Oh my God. So, I'm sure you'll Darryl, be tuning into that stop. one.
0: stop! Um, The budget for this movie is unknown, although I would assume it was probably a couple of cases of beer and a
1: carton of cigarettes. (laughs) A carton's Uh, generous. Okay, a a couple of packets.
0: (laughs) Um, Maybe a tube of toothpaste. Had a real prison budget. (laughs) Um, Box office, unknown again. This is billed as Australia's first direct-to-video horror movie on the the DVD casing. Yep. Just to let people know if they do want to watch this film after listening to this, it's actually on YouTube. Australian YouTube. I don't know if it's on American yeah, YouTube it's or on, any of
1: those, but it is on YouTube. Well, if it's on YouTube, yeah, okay. right? it's on YouTube. Um, yeah, it's on YouTube. But just just yeah, in case, yeah, I don't know how you're still operating with, you know, <laughs> tin cans and strings and yeah. things
0: over at your place, but But it is on YouTube. It is on YouTube. It has got a problem um, on YouTube though. That the there's a sync issue between the sound and the video. Yeah, look,
1: your best bet is jump on eBay. There's a bloke in Australia that sells it for twelve bucks on DVD. Twelve which... bucks is being is far too much. No, no. <laughs> well, I, I just... was going to say if you're outside Australia, that's probably about twelve cents. So <laughs> <you should laughs> jump on it and yeah, true. Uh, get it off there. Yep. Um, but um, don't uh, cite us when you're trying to knock his door down for a refund. Look, look. Quentin Tarantino loves this movie, according to a quote on the front cover.
0: Now, I'm, not, I'm sure. I don't know whether it's just half a quote. It's followed by this movie sucker.
1: <laughs> but he, according to Tarantino, he loves it. Look, we're gonna we're gonna sort of split off a little bit here. You're be very, very very harsh, but um, no, I've gonna... got a
0: split personality on this movie. Look,
1: yeah, look, we'll get into it. Okay. We'll get into it later. A
0: quick um, a quick synopsis of this film. Basically, a group of guy, go- a band who are shooting their latest music video, and they're you know all the people involved in the production. Borrow some houseboats out on Lake Infinity to shoot a film clip. Slowly but surely, they are picked off one by one by a murderous killer who um, has a vendetta against film crews or film people. Yeah, it's very specific. It's obviously, <laughs> it's obviously all done on a houseboat, hence the houseboat horror. Now, my general thoughts on this movie, this is probably bottom of the barrel. This is lowest dead. It's pretty bad. Um, In any kind of filmmaking, this has got nothing right. (laughs) (laughs) But as I said on my split personality situation, I have never laughed so hard in my life. (laughs) This movie is so funny and so stupid that as a comedy, it's five out of five. (laughs) As a horror movie, it's zero out of five. This is... I believe our Hall of Shame. This is a up, the Hall of Shame. It's
1: probably a worthy entrant. Yeah. We could probably actually name the Hall of Shame the Houseboat Horror... <laughs> Memorial Rem- <Houseboat> <laughs> Hall of, of Shame. shame. <laughs> yeah,
0: my, my thoughts are it's a zero out of five.
1: Look, I always... I had this thing about, you know, when people couldn't understand why we watched horror movies and watched a lot of them and often sought out bad ones... I often used to say, "Look, a terrible horror movie is funnier than three quarters of the comedies you'll go and see." So, you you know, sometimes you'll get a great movie, sometimes you'll get a terrible one, and sit there laughing your ass off for mm. ninety minutes. And my God, I've, I'm I'm the same. I don't think I've ever laughed as much in a in a horror movie. It's as unintentionally funny.
0: It's hard, yeah, It's hard to know um, what their intentions were, but I don't think they were to get laughed. But
1: yeah, it's just one of those. One of, one of those ones That's just turned into A little bit of a sort of cult Bit of work um, And it's hilarious If you can check it out You've got to check it out Because it's really funny Yeah Scores wise I agree I'd probably On the on the horror movie side of things I don't know if i could give it a zero I'd probably have to give it a one A one? Maybe a half I don't know Okay Look I'll give it a one Just to be generous But um, That doesn't really indicate my feelings on this because I I would go back and watch it any (laughs) old time. I need a laugh because it's just hysterical.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, there are some absolutely priceless
1: moments. Priceless. um, I don't know whether – I'm not sure whether it's sort of very Australian humour or, you know, we're looking back at this and seeing some familiar things and familiar outfits and things like that and – Or whether it's just generally funny to anyone that's yeah, I
0: I think it's got an Australian comedic flavor that may sort of go over a few heads, but I think just generally looking at it and seeing the pure ineptitude of making a movie, how this movie's made, will still get giggles from people because it's so badly made. um, It's one step above the kind of cut rate project people used to put together. You know, um, they grab all inmates and they. Pick up a camera and they pointed it, and yeah, it's it's yeah. A, a step above that because it's shot probably uh, a soapy level of um, production value, the, like you know the neighbours or your home and away. It's it's shot in that fashion, but it's got none of those key things at least to make it sort of palatable. Yeah, it's got this sort of it,
1: it. It goes between this these scenes of oh yeah, just just be a classic sort of laconic Aussie. <laughs> stereotype, and then hang on a minute. We're just going to get serious and knock someone off. Just yeah, yeah you know, just give us a, give us a minute, and then it's back to you know animal grabbing people on the crotch and yeah, yeah. Um, you know uh, hanging off houseboats and it's... Gavin Wood ripping out yeah. some absolutely brilliant mm. dialogue. Like it's just, it's just such an experience. It's hard to, to
0: to give any real likes to this movie, but yeah. I think the before one we, before we jump into the
1: likes, how did you come across? Houseboat How did I come across houseboat horror? Because it's not—it's not even really very well known in Australia. It has had its sort of moments of in the, <laughs> in the spotlight. Probably okay. the Late Show gave it a bit. Yeah, of, yeah, the Late Show, a which of, was a, a variety yeah. comedic
0: comedy show in the nineties that covered it in its worst movies ever. Oh, or I something. I think it was
1: called Masterpieces of Modern Cinema, Cinema or, or something, something like that, and yeah.
0: they really took the piss out of it. And I think it g- gathered a bit of a cult sort of. Um, people sort of wanted to see it under that proviso. It's interesting you say this. Um, you asked me where I sort of came across it, but I actually saw it when it was on video. Mm. It probably in 1989. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky to be young um, in high school and and hiring. You know, video stores were booming. I thought you were going to say lucky to come across
1: Houseboat Horror, and I was. No, going no. To see back then.
0: <laughs> back then, it, it was easier to come across. Yeah. Now it's like a. It's like a. It's something that you couldn't find
1: anywhere. Yeah, well, that's kind of how I came across it. It's funny. It was sort of in its obscurity was how I sort of came across it. Uh, I've spoken about this cinema, The Aster, before in Melbourne that um, plays second-run stuff, and they used to have this thing called Cinema Fiasco. I think they still do, but The Aster's, um closing down now, I think, at the moment, so it's, it's pretty sad. So Cinema Fiasco might be relocating, I think, but yeah. it's... A pair of comedians that that sort of riff on the movie while you're watching it. I guess it's a bit of that sort of mystery science theatre yeah. um, business. And uh, I saw it on their bill and saw that it was an Australian horror film and I thought, hang on a minute. You know, I'm a, I'm a horror fan. I'm in Australia. I've never heard of this. Hmm. You know, how have I not come across this? So I rang up one of my mates who's not interested in the horror genre really. Um, but – He's a very funny bloke and likes the sort of comedy uh, scene. So I said to him, do you want to sort of cross interests here and come along and check this out? And we had an absolute blast. It was such a funny movie. The comedians sort of just knew exactly what to pick apart because they're sort of big fans of it themselves. Not only that, but it was uh, Houseboat Horror was made in Victoria, so they had some of the cast and crew, and they were – Laughing more than anyone else, so it sort of had this really good vibe to it, and yeah, that's kind of how I discovered it. And then
0: suddenly, House by Horror sort of grew back into something. Yeah, and it was one of these movies in Australia that people were like, "Have you seen it?" Because it was so bad. Yeah, uh, and then of course somebody has got the print or something, and has turned it into a DVD. Now it's been sold on DVD now, which is actually quite cool because it was—it's hard to watch on YouTube. I have yeah. watched it on YouTube. It's really hard to watch because of the sound
1: and and um, and footage sync issues. I hope it I, <clears> like <throat> I hope it's on video video on demand somewhere in the world. Yeah, so people it out, can see.
0: Now the likes. There's not a lot to like about this film.
1: There's not. No.
0: As I said, I think it's possibly the best comedy that Australia <laughs> produces. <laughs>
1: Um, Bar <laughs> none I can't uh, I can't. Off the top of my head I can't think of too many Australian films That I've laughed more at
0: Yeah true and So you're probably right There are just moments Where I'm just Absolutely just about Pissing my pants When they're talking And the, and the dialogue's out there And you kind of You're not supposed to laugh But you are <laughs> You are laughing at it But For all that That sort of stuff You can still You can understand that It was meant to be a horror film and as I said earlier on, I don't know what their intentions were. Were they making a serious film, or were they in the process of realising after the first couple of days, "Holy shit, this movie does not work as a horror movie. Yeah. Let's just let's just ham it up and go silly, yeah, and get some laughs."
1: I don't know heaps about it, but I think they were serious. Yeah, I well, think they tried to make a serious that product. Wasn't anyway. Within minutes,
0: <laughs> the movie starting. You can't take it seriously. You can't. No, well, we know that and probably, you know, just that 90% scene of the where, people that watched it know that. Just that scene early on, there's a um, scene where two of the characters are driving side by side down a one like a two-lane road, so one guy's on the wrong side of the road, and they're having this conversation through the window, and they've, they've got mobiles from the 1980s, <laughs> those massive big brick things, and one woman's got a mobile in her ear and her boyfriend is... Driving directly Alan beside Dale, her, Alan it. Dale is directly beside her. He's also got a mobile, and they're having a conversation. Now, car comes the opposite direction. <laughs> Dale's on the wrong side of the road. It's almost a collision. The car swerves, gets out of Alan Dale's way, cracks a big um, skid. <laughs> out hops a guy who resembles Freddie Mercury from Queen, and yeah. just turns around and goes.
1: Oh, like that. And yeah. sticks
0: his finger up.
1: <laughs> Immediately, I'm on the floor oh, laughing. I'm on the floor
0: laughing because it's just such a random, silly <laughs> piece of work. <laughs> and again, who in the scripting process is going? Oh yeah, look that—that'll build tension.
1: <laughs> well, look, it's um, obviously Ollie Martin was just putting out his own project here. And I, oh, I. <laughs> There's not there's not a lot about Ollie Martin out there. Um, I know he's deceased now. He mm. died a few years back, but we don't really know anything about him because this movie didn't give him any fame or anything like that. So it's we're all just we're just sort of guessing as to how serious he was and yeah. the writing process whether it was just him just doing what he thought was great. Look, could could he be the Johnny Johnny Wieser of Australian could cinema? Could he be? <laughs> he could
0: be could be that kind of man the the man the myth he didn't give himself Ollie a large Martin. enough
1: role in the movie. No, he, he is, is the,
0: in the movie at the, at the end. We'll, we'll actually get into a little bit later a section on the actual trivia, trivia associated with this movie. Um, there was very little known about it, um, and then we, we found an article in the one of the papers here from about two years ago that covered off on actually some of the production and mm-hmm. talked about some of the, perhaps I guess you'd say, issues involved. But as far as Ollie's concerned when it comes to the script writing process... I think Bolly just dropped his pants and did a massive shit on the ground. And that's it. Honestly, I mean, the movie is just a hodgepodge of rubbish. It's, it's not about, really, about much. It's it, pretty clear
1: he just wanted to take Friday the 13th and do it in an Australian setting. Yeah, um, basically. And it's, he, he probably, well. He failed. He didn't probably, <laughs> he definitely
0: failed at that. Don't no. know what else to say on that, really. Dialogue's pants funny.
1: Yes, in parts. There especially is some incredible Gavin
0: Woods. pieces of dialogue. Again, we talked about "Hey, Hey, It's Saturday" being uh, totally not being up with the times when it was re-released in in two thousand and ten. There's a scene in in the start of this movie where the, the guys pull up at the gas station, and there's a a guy who's I think he's supposed to be like a celebrity or something. He's played by a guy called John Michael Howson, who in Australia was like a I think he was a celebrity scoop guy.
1: Yeah, and he does have a bit of bit of no right. Yeah, I
0: mean, people, everyone knew who he was. He wasn't an actor, though. No, but he was <laughs> quite, I mean, in the He was one of the better in this, this movie. He stares out. But they turn up, right, and there's two of them talking to him. And one guy says something to him, and then the other guy who's with them repeats it. And John Michael Housen goes, have you got your repeated brain on? And the guy's response is no. Yeah, And it's it's it's, it's just it's, it's just so blatantly, I guess you could say, not PC. It's not the right thing to be saying. Maybe it was because it was eighty nine, but it's just it just sort of
1: grinds things to a halt. Yeah. every time these things are said. Admittedly, when that happened, I burst out laughing. Yeah, and I wasn't laughing because you know I think calling someone retarded is funny. Yeah, I was laughing because I was just like. Did you hear that? Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> is that too- it, it, it's kind of like out of out of nowhere, even back in 89, that would have been frown, frowned upon. Yeah, it was already sort of starting <clears> you to. You know? So it's just, you can just see just how old and so out of touch this movie would would be. It's simply put, this movie doesn't hold up in any any era. You know, even in 89, it was even probably sliding was- out of 89 into the, it was not going to make it in the
1: 90s. It was, yeah, it was probably... Um, Comically bad At that point too. Yeah But then
0: About two minutes later They They fill up their Toyota Turaga <laughs> And they take off For the lake And then we have this scene With this Grizzled old Petrol guy Guy around the petrol station And I believe it's the Local cop
1: Well You're supposed to think It's the local cop But they've dressed him With costumes From just The, the local Two dollar shop Or He's something He's
0: wearing like a added ass Zip up jacket With this It looks like a sheriff's gunslinger's (laughs) badge or something on the front, and it's about 50 times too big, so it's massive. It takes up the whole side of his chest. (laughs) He then, because they have a discussion about, you know, oh, I remember all those guys who made that movie out on the lake a couple of years ago or 10 years ago or whatever, you know. The guy pumping petrol goes, oh, yeah, these guys are musicians.
1: <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> just... What? Yeah, thanks very much for that, that detective uh, exposition. Yeah, thank you. Okay, they're assholes according to you.
0: <laughs> you know, it's it's just again comically <laughs> out of step.
1: So that, that sort uh, of that sort of dialogue crops up throughout constantly, and especially from Gavin Wood. I seriously, I want to give Gavin Wood some sort of award for this movie <laughs> because he is just hilarious. You can also find on YouTube "Houseboat Horror" the Gavin Woodcut, yeah, which and is all of Gavin's, all of his best work, and some of the dialogue which seemingly um, he's come up with himself in some parts. I know they made a gag about that on the Late Show, talking about how he's a master of <laughs> impro- <laughs> improvisational <laughs> dialogue, but the fact that he sort of does it, he's not a very good actor, but he's really given it a, a fair old try. And he's doing it in his his radio radio voice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's just pure gold. There's a scene where he's, he's, they're doing like a cut from behind and they're showing uh, like a pan shot behind um, the back of the houseboat and they're sort of going along and you're seeing Gavin Wood standing on top of the Houseboat. houseboat and then there's a motorboat coming towards the houseboat and it's got the band on it. And Gavin Wood is up there in his best radio voice. Talking going, to himself, I believe. Yeah, no one else is around. As far as I can tell, no, no one's one else around. around. And he's going, oh, look at these guys. They're going to be the next big thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow. And that's how he delivers his lines. You know, he goes. Through the whole thing. What's his favourite? What's your favourite? You've got a favourite Gavin Wood line.
1: <laughs> it's hard to pick, yeah, it's hard to a, pick a favourite, but. Yeah, there's one point where, I mean, we're on a houseboat, okay, but for some reason there's a cat or something on the houseboat. So the woman goes outside to feed the cat and puts the sort of bowl down and then she stands up and they sort of pan up with her and there's the cat sort of splattered on the wall and she screams, okay. Next thing, you know, Gavin Wood rolls out and if I'm not mistaken, he's got a tinny in hand. Oh, yeah. He throws her arm around her and goes, Oh, shit. What sort of asshole would do that? <laughs> oh, shit. What sort of asshole would do that? <laughs> In radio voice. And it is just like, like oh. oh, my God. It's okay, surreal. It's okay. so
0: funny. Look, let's get back to the likes before we go off on yeah, a tangent We've just talk about Gavin Woods before. But it's Massive all the day, like,
1: tangent. Yeah. Um,
0: oh. The special effects are actually not that bad on a budget. Yeah, they they did some okay things. Yeah, like the special effects men at least put the gore out there. Didn't
1: exactly get any sort of chance
0: to shine. No, but but for what they're given,
1: it works, most of it. The one that looked, I thought looked pretty good, was when, spoiler, Alan Dale gets his head cut open towards the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that looked all right, but then they did some... Weird thing where it looked like after <laughs> the fact they zoomed, sort of zoomed in or something. In. Didn't, yeah. So maybe there was something that went wrong there, but the this, this sort of half these face you did see, what I what looked I, right, what I, I find
0: interesting about that comment, Jared, is it seems that something went wrong there. I think the movie at that stage was that yeah things were
1: going wrong. Okay, all over. yeah, we'll take that comment everything and just went. apply <sighs> it a blanket rule. Blanket whole role. movie everything went wrong. Went
0: wrong. <laughs> now the special effects for the most part actually work. Yep. Um, it's mostly stabbings and throat cuts and things like that, but they do work. Uh, and there is, of course, you know, the, the, the well, cutting his head in half. I don't um, know if they work. They, but, but they're all right for what they're They're worth. not as bad as everything else that's in the I market. mean, I don't know, know what the... Be, so. m- again, we don't know what the budget was. No. We well, don't know what sort of money they were working with. Were they one of the people who got paid or... I believe so. Okay. Jared has cut me down about this when we were watching the movie, but I said... I felt there are a couple of
1: nice scenery shots around the lake. I I just think you've got um, something about lakes, water, any sort of water, you love it on huh? film. Any body of water, right. any body of water will get you sort of interested. I in was oneself. interested
0: in where was it filmed? Lake Eyre? You're
1: hanging though, no, Lake Eildon, I believe. Okay. You're hanging for an Infinity Lake Memories or something oh, like that. Just all yeah, shots. I just of, wanna. I wonder if they'll talk to Alan Dale. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I felt that some of the scenery work was all right. Yeah, um, it's okay. Uh, the only the, the, not exactly. Stunning. I will put a caveat on that. It's not filmed in sunshine. A lot of it's filmed no, in a sort of overcast, sort of time, sort of foggy. Yeah, so it's not about. particularly. You know, it's not beautiful. I don't think you'd yeah. say. It's, Look, it,
1: it didn't stand out for me. I didn't really. Well, I was too busy laughing at Gavin Wood to notice any of the scenery. So he was okay. chewing it all. <laughs> The dislikes. The Where dislike. do we
0: actually start here? Well,
1: again, this we're going into the dislikes <laughs> with a with a bit of a, a, an asterisk because, yeah. as usual, a lot of these dislikes were what made the thing so damn funny. Hmm. The production value, low rent university production, with university with sort of level. that
0: has university level, and I'm talking about the kind of production you pull together with the boys. The day before it's due. Look, I got
1: some uh, You're pulling it all experience. nighter
0: in um in in Building Ted. Look <laughs> uh, I
1: got some limited experience making university films and not saying any of the films I was involved with <laughs> <I've> <laughs> seen some were any <laughs> Well that was the odd, odd <laughs> one or two that was alright, watchable. Yeah. Um but some of the stuff I saw people making that was probably a higher level than than the production value yeah. on this. Stuff This stinks
0: In places. Of, This smells a bit of um, On your break From filming a soapy We're going to pull some people together Because um, it's shot exactly like any soap um, Australian soap opera would be It's shot with a lot of cast members Who I'm sure did soap work um, Admittedly they, you know doesn't have it on Internet movie database or anything But I'd say they did work On some of
1: these soaps Yeah I think you're right I think that's probably where they pulled them And, the and it
0: just It smells of that type of thing uh, it, but it's so piss poorly done production wise that that hampers any chance of trying to make it somewhat reasonably made. It just kind of blows it from there. Drama the, the acting calibre would it be fair to say is is low? Oh,
1: jeez, fair that be. <laughs> Absolutely it's fair absolute
0: shit in, in the acting department.
1: Look, they nabbed um, Alan Dale, which at the time was a decent get. He had a profile in Australia. Alan um, looks embarrassed. He does. <laughs> <laughs> he looks disinterested, certainly. <laughs> but it was a good get. Him sleepwalking through the movie still puts him well above most of the people. Yeah. There. Your mate that's, that says he's retarded at one point, yeah. he's one of the worst actors I've yeah. ever seen in my well, life.
0: Uh, my, my, his, he, look, he's... His best um, part in the movie, his best monologue, is where he wakes him up in the morning by banging on a pot going, Wakey, wakey, hand off, snakey. <laughs> oh. <It's
1: laughs> That's the best thing he brings to the table. Um, Gavin Wood, I mean, we've gone into him before. He's, Brilliant. Look, his acting is terrible, but, God, he's he's having a go there's and a, he's piss funny. There's the
0: same with Gavin Wood, and this is the thing I don't understand about this movie. Gavin Wood... He's sort of like this. I don't know. He's like a just like a third wheel. He's the guy who's supposed to be there revving up the band or something, doesn't he? Yeah, say that yeah, at one he's point. Like the,
1: he's sort of like the hype man, or yeah. something.
0: <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> and I believe he ends up almost getting laid. And there's a scene where he's out. Now we asked this question. He's, he's this girl that he's with says, "Yeah, let's 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 go to bed together." So Gavin has to get up. And go outside to put a condom on?
1: Yeah, but he's he's talking to himself the whole time. <laughs> which he he's, does throughout the movie. Yeah. The only person he seems to talk to in the movie is himself. <laughs> There's the odd interaction with other cast members, but most of it he's talking to himself. The, the, my favourite scene is Alan
0: Dale basically tells him, um, you're not really required on this film. You know, yeah, That's where he ex- explains that he's a hype man. And yeah, Dale yeah. just goes, listen, stay out of the way, everybody else. And, of course, he walks off and then Gavin Wood just goes, Stick his finger <laughs> <at> in <him. laughs> yeah. um, So Gavin Wood probably gives the performance,
1: uh, probably Australia's greatest performance. Oh, I'm not going to lay the boot. I'm not going to lay the boot into Wood because he wasn't an actor. No, but yeah, he's he was th-
0: hired for. Reasons unknown. He's
1: the highlight. I'm not really going to lay the boot into any of the actors because I don't think they got paid. So yeah, they're just any old person that was willing to have a go and Well, when we go into we the trivia, <laughs> we'll
0: go more into that because definitely there was something to do with money. Yep. Um, and of course not. It's hard not to lay the boot into these guys on the, the level of the acting involved. But in saying that, you don't know. We, we, we don't know what they were given to work with. And, and based on the quality of the product that's... The end product, it can't have been very good, can it? It Wasn't much. No. So, I mean, the movie also covers off on some great things that the eighties, the late eighties, had pulled in in Australia. You had your perms. Mm. There's plenty of perms. Yep. Um, which is a which is a you know which is well, wasn't one of the greatest hairdos to ever come out. There was a mullet. There's a the there mullet in there, but it the, had
1: the sort of the, the classic, um, spiky top. Yeah, I love those, man. Yeah. I wish I could have done that. I just <laughs> never could. There was
0: Ken Doan um, jumpers. You know, those heavy cable knit jumpers that had like this artist called, Australian artist called Ken Doan. And his work kind of looked a bit like a kid had drawn it. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Didn't it? It's yeah, quite... well, you,
1: you're no art critic, <laughs> No, I'm, <laughs> I'm
0: no artist either, but it did look like that. It kind of no. had a real blocky sort well, of feel. Well, it's an uncultured that.
1: sloth <laughs> it it like
0: us. It was a probably some kind of reasoning behind the way it looked, but it just was so, yeah. such an incredible... I know we're talking about
1: bright colours. Yeah,
0: yeah, really bright, bright. colours, a lot of Australiana <laughs> on it, you know, like um, harbour bridges and opera house and all that sort of stuff. There is absolutely no tension in this movie. It's a horror movie with zero tension. Zero. Zero. In fact, aren't the night scenes shot day for night? I
1: think it looks like some of them are. Because
0: that's about saving money,
1: obviously. Well, I think there's points where I don't even think you could call it day for night. Some points it's they sort of go from what looks to be night time outside and then they go inside and it's quite clear that there's light coming through the curtain. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Obviously, there's some problems and um, reshoots. Day it's for night them. costs too much. Yeah.
0: There's zero scares. Mm. Zero. There's zero real character development.
1: There's zero <laughs> real sort of... <laughs> When you start to get introduced to the couple of the characters that are involved in the whole thing, there's sort of only one way it can go. <laughs> you kind of gather at least you know a, a, um, a, a vague idea of what's going on. You, you, there's no
0: sort of red herrings. Or anything yeah, it's that. not like they're trying to, to give us a uh, who done it, which I'm fine with. No, I'm fine with that yeah, too. I'm but they sort that, of
1: but... they they kind of bring in this mysterious. Well, is it just me? to be me? mysterious, but she's not mysterious, and you kind of know that she's in some way <laughs> connected, connected to our <laughs> yeah. Whose
0: name, by the way, is Acid Man or Acid Head? Acid Head.
1: Who was in the crowd? That yeah, <laughs> Acid Head was there. <laughs> Acid Head
0: was there. But I tell you now, and loving it, Acid Head's not the next Jason Voorhees. No, no. Do Do you notice in, uh, that the film really doesn't have a main character? Yeah, it doesn't really yeah. have a main character. It doesn't have a final girl, really.
1: Doesn't have any of that. I don't think. Well, I think it's supposed to be it's an Alan ensemble? Dale. Is, well, <laughs> it is an ensemble effort. That's exactly right. Um, I think it's <laughs> supposed to be Alan Dale, but they must have only had him for a certain amount of time because he just. It just sort of floats in and out. Yeah. Um, and There's then no they just real sort of, um, main character at all. Yeah, they just slap scenes together with everyone. I think the people that like <laughs> doesn't Animal last the longest? Yeah.
0: The band's still alive
1: <laughs> at the end.
0: Or well, a couple of them. What the hell? They reuse shots. You'll notice several shots that are reused. hmm Um... The killer brandishing his machete on a couple of occasions gets rolled out <laughs> in the first couple of minutes and then in about the 40-minute mark, we see it again. The band member going to the pub and getting on the piano, yeah, that was that's rolled out twice. So it would seem that there probably wasn't enough footage shot throughout and they began to reuse to try and pad. The movie is a svelte <laughs> 80 minutes <laughs> and they're still padding. <laughs> I think it's bottom of the barrel as far as any sort of filmmaking skills involved. Look, if
1: you were trying to make a good attempt at a horror movie, if this is what you ended up with, you basically failed everything. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You failed pretty much everything. Yeah. But this just happens to be one of those sort of circumstances where they failed so badly, hilariously, <laughs> that it's worth a watch.
0: Yes. And, and seeing it on the big screen with the, the comedians that you saw – that would have been the way to see it. Yeah, it's we to were get laughing that start feel to of you're not watching it for its quality; you're watching it for these guys to rip it apart. And I think that's the only way to view this movie. If you, you have to view it on that,
1: yep, I find it amusing, or I'm going to laugh at it. There's no, there could, there's just nobody out there who would watch this and say, "I really like this as a serious attempt at a movie." Yeah, I listen to a
0: podcast called "The Hysteria Continues." which is a big horror podcast, slasher movies podcast, a group of guys from, um, a couple from America and a couple, one from Ireland, one from England. And it's a really great podcast. And they they covered this movie and they were of the same sort of feeling that the quality of this movie is just not there. And even, you know, most of them sort of found that it was just, it was it was low rent. Um. And Did they is. find it
1: funny? <laughs> or I, is it just us? I,
0: I, I'm not even sure if they found it that funny.
1: Oh, no. I think that they took it more of um, the fact that, I mean, I haven't listened to the episode in a while. If you didn't find it. it funny, this is one of the worst ways you could find to spend 80 minutes in Oh,
0: life. yeah, put it this way. If you can't laugh at this movie or you no, you don't find any humour in it, it's a slog. It is. It's a very <laughs> a slog. long slog. Now, young, cool and Groovy. The film, the song from this movie, because these guys are a band. Remember, they're out on the houseboat. They are putting together a film clip for a song called Young, Cool and Groovy. Mm. Now, I'll just... We'll pause for a second. I'll let the movie sum up this song. Yeah, we'll let Animal take it from here. I think that just pretty much sums it up. It does, yeah. This song was made by a... I think he was an, look, he was an 80s Australian rock star,
1: hmm.
0: probably in the mid-80s. Yeah. His name was Brian Mannix, and they had a band called the Uncanny X-Men, and this was what he was producing. Now, I don't know about you, Jared, but the song's kind of uncomfortable.
1: The song is very uncomfortable. It's, it's, lyrically, it's a bit seedy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, That's if I'm assuming what the lyrics mean, what they're, you know,
1: what we think Well Brian Mannix is what He's, He'd been look, He'd be in his six, 50s now 50s or 60s I reckon he'd be in his 60s so Last scene on Dancing with the Stars <laughs> uh, Well he, he had a bit of a resurgence in popularity Because he was on Speaks and Specs a lot Which yeah. is an Australian sort of music uh, quiz, show. quiz show that we had here And he Was really popular Because he didn't mind taking the piss out of himself And he was He was quite a Quite a funny guy And seemed like a really Really good bloke but yeah, he would have been, in, he must have been in his 30s when he wrote this song, wouldn't he? Oh, I think. It so. seems like he's singing about a high school girl, maybe. Yeah, it's so not. It's a bit seedy. It's yeah, very seedy. Brian.
0: Look, I think this song's an off, off cut from Brian. You know,
1: Brian's probably written a heap of songs and he got approached to do this. And Well, look, I'll give Ollie Martin something. He's managed to rope in Alan Dale. He managed to rope in Brian Mannix, who had a name, to make some music for this. He managed to get, although Animal's no sort of celeb, again, small profile, chuck him in the movie for a bit of interest. Didn't really work, but no. geez, he's done all right to round up some people he has and get round them involved. Up. He
0: must have dirt on all of them. Did he show anyone He must the have had dirt.
1: He, yeah, he didn't show anyone the script, I don't think.
0: I mean, he must have had something on Alan Dale mm. because... Either that or they paid him well. Something. Something like something, that. Something, you know, yeah. But this song, Young, Cool and Groovy, is just an, a horrendous piece of work. But again, it's really funny. It's it very is. very 80s. The film clip they produce as well. <laughs> the
1: film clip they're it's
0: making. <laughs> it's a laugh riot. It's I mean, even <laughs> more 80s. I don't know what they're actually making. They're out there on jet skis and shit and then they're on the back of the houseboat and they're strumming yeah. their instruments.
1: On the houseboat a bit of synchronised swaying. And, and then there's uh, two
0: girls there. there's two girls are up on the up on the top of the houseboat and they're doing like um I guess you'd call it like swing dancing or uh, something. I don't know. They're doing twists and turns and basically this song is the kind of garbage that was probably out in the mid eighties, pop rock sort of stuff. Let's let's go into the trivia. This is what we learned about this movie. Now, you look at this movie in 89 and you think to yourself, who the fuck made this? (laughs) Honestly, what we have since found out from an article um, in the Sydney Morning Herald in 2013, Ollie Martin was initial director. He was fired after three days. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it looks like the shoot only lasted four. (laughs) I believe that the shoot was a 14-dayer. Ollie Martin was fired after three. Now Ollie Martin was producer, writer, director. He gets fired after three days, and they pull in this um, fella who worked on Neighbors um, by the name of Kendall Flanagan. They bring him in to do the rest. Now, now Ollie Martin's still there for the majority of the time. He was still on the set because he's still producing the movie. He's still writing it. So it's not like they they fire the bloke. But they don't get rid of him. He's still there. Only three people were actually paid for their services on this movie. Mm. The special effects people. Yep. Brian Mannix. (laughs) He shouldn't have been paid. That should have been given to someone else. Probably Gavin Wood. (laughs) And um, Alan Dale.
1: Yep. And he probably, I mean, Alan Dale was the big draw of anything in this. Yeah, so. I'd suggest Alan Dale asked for money up front. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. He probably would have had to have been paid to actually get him to the venue. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <coughs> yeah, because anyone who read that script would have been asking for money up front if they were going to do it. Unfortunately, it would seem that the rest of the cast got
1: duped somewhat for the financial side of it. One or two of them, they might have just seen their performance and said no. You're not getting any cash. You didn't earn any.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a couple of actors uh, left floundering. There. <laughs> it turns out that this movie actually shot pickup shots for two years. Now, <laughs> that would possibly be the longest time any movies ever had pickup shots going. But it basically worked like this. I, th- I and, and this is hypothesising because the article didn't actually say when it was filmed. Initially, this movie they did a table read with Brian Mannix as the star in 1986. And in 86, Mannix did the table read and walked away from the movie. <laughs> right? So just, he saw the shit dribbling left.
1: off it. Just before he left, he flung a cassette across the <laughs> so said, Chuck that in there. You can have that yeah. for your money. <laughs> but that's it. So 86. What's this? Young, cool and groovy. That'll do it. That'll do it.
0: 1986, I reckon this movie was initially going to be filmed. And may have actually been, a majority of it may have been filmed 86, 87. But two years of pickup shots were required because, according to the editor who is went on to direct Kenny, the Australian Ken, uh, movie mm. Kenny, which is actually quite a good movie, Clayton Jacobson. Clayton Jacobson, yeah. Um, he is quoted as saying that basically they had to do all these pickup shots for, for the next two years because the movie was, all the shots that they had were. Long camera shots, so they there was no tension, there was nothing, and so he had to go and do all this pickup work. He's still seething about mm. money he should be
1: paid. He reckons he still mm. owed about fifteen grand. But we basically said he was editing it for that whole time too, wasn't he? Yeah. Whatever. Whenever um, they could get a free chunk of time in a in an editing suite, yeah. That's when he was doing it. Bloody hell! Imagine being the poor bastard who edited that for two years. <laughs>
0: You'd want to, you'd never want to work on a movie again. Another interesting tidbit is, I believe Deborah Lee Finesse, Hugh Jackman's wife, did the casting. Yes. Where was Jackman?
1: Well, I don't know. Well, obviously, she hadn't met him. Imagine a moulin wearing Jackman ugh, in 89. He would have been a walk-up start. Oh, sure. mean, <laughs> <laughs> But can you imagine if, uh, I would just love it, if Jack Jackman hit big on the... On the scene in America, and then <laughs> all of a sudden they dug up this Hugh Jackman as Acid Head or something like that. That would have just been so good. Unfortunately, oh, it didn't come to fruition. But oh, but happened. what we've seen of Jackman, he'd probably embrace it. He'd, he'd love be all it. Over
0: it. He'd charm the pants off it. I <laughs> yeah. think you get a re-release in the cinemas yeah. over Jackman's participation. So the movie, fair to say, had a pretty rough. Process to the screen. Well, when you hear that sort of stuff, it never really had a chance. Not really. And the fact that it's shot on video makes it no better than what they were hoping for because it, it just it has this really ugly sheen to it as well. But it's obvious that things did not go according to plan and it wasn't the sort of movie that they were probably envisioning. Uh, it probably sounded good. <laughs> That's another statement. At the time. <laughs> The idea sounded great. Let's take Friday the Thirteenth and give it an Australian sort of flavour. not let's not. No, that's what should have been said. That will do it for Halloween uh, for houseboat horror.
1: You're just mixing up the classics. I am. Can and understand, I shouldn't. Can understand um, why you got those two mixed <clears> up.
0: <throat> we'll take our last break, or oh, now we'll take a break and we'll go to um, a little bit of a discussion topic about Australian horror films. In keeping with the fact that this is an Australian horror film, an Australian slasher film, we just wanted to touch very briefly on the current state of Australian horror films. Um, you know, Australia has probably done all right in the horror stakes a bit more recently. They certainly had a resurgence or, or, or a large sort of following in the 80s of, of horror pictures that were being made and making some money on in, in Europe and the like. But... Things sort of took a bit of a downturn, I think you'd say, through the uh, the late 80s into the 90s. And is it fair to say, Jared, we're seeing a little bit of an uptick,
1: certainly over the last five or six years, in the quality of what's out there? Yeah, personally, I think... I, per- I would personally say it's an upward swing. Uh, I think there's been some really good entries into the Australian horror catalogue, uh, and some of them that I think hold up... Um, against what's being produced in America and Europe. Oh, for sure. Some of it's probably on par, if not better,
0: than a lot of those films. Yeah. Um, I know you talked about the fact that horror in general
1: has been a little bit lacklustre um, and not a lot out there. Well, I think it's... I think what you're seeing in Australia is just a smaller scale of what happens in America, really. And as you said, the 80s were... uh, were big for horror in America, obviously, and we sort of rode the wave here. We had a couple of producers like Anthony Ginnane that yeah. um, liked to go with that genre stuff and actually produced some decent things. In well, I reason. mean, there
0: was there was Razorback, there was there was Patrick. Yep. Uh, what else was there? Road games. Uh, road games. Dead kids. Yeah, there was some really interesting stuff out there.
1: Uh, in the 80s. And if, and you, if you want to uh, check out any of this stuff, grab the doco Not Quite Hollywood because that covers um, sections of this, the 80s horror movies that came out in Australia. Yeah, and it's a really good documentary, mm. just beside the fact that it
0: talks about horror films, but in general it's a really good documentary. And so we had that resurgence and we probably followed the the US in this in terms of the Types of films we were making and horror and genre films were easier to make. Now, they were cheaper to make. And they were managing to get some established stars and stuff to come in and, um, and be involved in these movies like Jamie Lee Curtis and Stacey Keach and, and those sorts of people were coming over to make these movies in the 80s. Unfortunately, the 90s was a real dead spot. Yeah. And even into the two, early 2000s, I think we were struggling to find quality product, yep. um, horror product. But, you know, recently we've had the Wolf Creek films. Yep. We've had uh, Rogue. Yep. We've had... Um, the Babadook. Babadook just came out the, uh,
1: last year. The Loved Ones. Yeah.
0: Th- these are good quality movies um, that have made quite a splash on the festival scene and have got really good reviews. Um, Saw You mentioned Saw. Well, yeah. While I'm- not an Australian production, the people behind the scenes are obviously Australian uh, yeah. James Wan James Wan Lee Wan
1: um, I personally I could, I'd probably put that in even though it wasn't produced here um, it's sort of made in America and with American actors and that sort of thing it was their idea that they came up with in Australia and filmed a little sort of um, uh, it's like a short, short it, to sort, of, to sell sort it. of sell it around in Australia and by extension I would probably look at things like Insidious and The Conjuring of having a bit of a stamp yeah, from, uh, and has James some Australian Wyatt, actors right? in them those as well. So yeah, you could say there's a there's a little bit of a little bit of a stamp there. But so the movies we're making here are are um, pretty solid. Yeah. I think the problem is, um, and like I said, I, personally I think there there's a bit of a lull in horror in some aspects. Like I don't think there's a a, a great deal of slashes coming out that I'm really interested nah. in. But the the problem I guess is. Um, and we mentioned it earlier episodes, it's it's the big screen. Not getting any on the big screen. Oh, no, no. If you're happy to sort of trawl the the independent, the video on <clears> demand, <throat> demand, that sort of stuff, you can find some really good stuff. And I think that's the case in Australia too now. Um, it's it's hard enough seemingly for Australian films to get on the screen here. Of any genre, not, not, not just horror, I yeah. mean any genre. Um, so you look at things recently like um, 100 Bloody Acres and – Charlie's Farm, which is one that we're very interested in seeing, they were just sort of um, screenings here and there.
0: Yeah, and you can't really get distribution on these type of films, which you can kind of understand because they're probably made for little money and and, and it's harder to sort of score distribution without a solid, a big studio behind you, perhaps. But it would be nice to see some of these films do a few weeks in the cinemas, not just a few days. Yeah.
1: It I think just something seems like
0: they get a day or two here and then they're gone. Yeah, you know, it's, it's another 12
1: months to 18 months before you see them on DVD. Yeah, I think, look, I think it's a catch-22. Um, I don't know if it's 12 to 18 months anymore. I well, yeah, okay, a bit it's a lot shorter, but I
0: guess what like, I mean is sometimes they can stretch out to that because nobody's interested or yeah. there's no
1: I guess the, the catch-22 is you get something like the Barbadook, which was getting buzz... Small amount from the get go, yeah. um, but it got a release. But the problem is, it was one of those movies that was going to get word of mouth, hmm. and they just that just doesn't work anymore no. because movies don't stay in cinemas long enough. If they don't work straight out, they'll just rush them out and get something else in. So <clears> that's why the video on demand and the, and um, DVDs and Blu-rays and things like that is where they end up. Because, I mean, the Barbadook... All the while, it was you know winning awards and getting some real good press in America. I still couldn't get a copy on Blu-ray at JB Hi-Fi, which is our biggest retailer yeah. of of Blu-rays and DVDs, and that's and of that
0: him. that's a sad indictment on what's
1: what's what's happening. Yeah, in Australian I think, films. I mean, you can't. Um, recently, it, it, it they. Uh, it found a presence there. No, oh, of course. But geez, it took a while. Yeah, it took so long to sort of find uh, find its way there and sort of stay on the shelf long enough for you to get a copy. And and you're spot on
0: about word of mouth. Back in the day, a movie could sit in cinemas for two, three months, and 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 just work its way up through word of mouth and slowly build an audience and make money that way. Um, now you're putting. The Avengers in four and a half thousand cinemas in America. You're putting it in Australia in five or six hundred across Australia or more. You 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 need room for that. You, you need to dump other product to get that stuff in there. You can't just go right. Well, we can put Avengers in four hundred cinemas and we'll keep the Babadook or Charlie's Farm or something in fifty cinemas. They're just yeah, gonna, gonna go nah.
1: Not gonna boom. They're yeah. gone. So you've got those sort of smaller boutique ones that, that give these things a run now, but even there that they can be difficult to catch. Which is
0: disappointing um, because I would like to have seen Charlie's Farm or something like that on the big screen. Yeah. As a looked, bit of a sort of a throwback. I hate to
1: say it, it leads to what you're seeing with Wormwood. Yeah. Where seemingly that's a really good movie. I haven't seen it myself, but people have been pirating the shit out of it. Yeah. It's been it was one of the biggest um, on one of the torrent sites. Uh, a couple of weeks back, they did a story on how it was. It was one of the biggest movies on the torrent sites. So the poor blokes that have made that, the two, I think they're two brothers. They're not um, getting anything. out of They're it. not getting anything out of it. All the while, um, giving us something that the majority of people seem to think is a really, really good Aussie horror film. Yeah. And they're yeah, sadly, I mean, and they are wonder these guys, why there's
0: pirating. Is yeah, going well, on. this is the thing. You can't put it in the cinema. You can't give it to us in a in a format that might that where we can. Pay for it and give
1: these people the money they deserve yeah, for making exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And you look at the the, the was was something that I tried so hard to get that for so long on J at JB. It just all it made me think was, this is why people do it. Yeah, this is why people pirate. If it you know if it was on iTunes, I would have would have grabbed it at that point. But it, for whatever reason, I couldn't get it through some of those channels either. So I just had to wait it out and. That's why people do it. That's why these poor blokes are with wormwood. Hopefully, somebody gives them a chance and puts some cash behind them and gives them a theatrical release, or someone yeah, in America yeah. does what they did with Juan L and yeah, James Yeah, gives them because, a shot. Because yeah, now they've made made this really good movie that's not going to get a crack. Yeah, and that's uh, well, it will that, get a crack, but it, it might not make the money that it would have. To me,
0: that's the heart of the problem here. Is distribution is yeah. essentially the problem in in a, with Australian film. There's yeah. no one interested in the distri- distributing these. Distributing these movies, and it then just falls by the wayside. Next thing you know, you got people pirating them, downloading them illegally, or just and, missing them altogether. Yeah, or it's just like, well, I'll oh, bugger it, I couldn't even be bothered yeah. looking for it. So it's a, sad, it is a sad place um, as far as Australian horror cinema is going. Yeah, I think in it's, terms of its distribution, in terms of its quality. It's high It's It's probably been at its best for a while
1: I think it's sort of Yeah I think it's mirroring the the stuff That we see in in America and, And other markets But Probably even worse Because Australia's That's It's got that smaller Smaller industry That film industry
0: Absolutely I would thoroughly agree with that All right, we'll have one last break. Um, We'll play you through that break with a little section of um, Young, Cool and Groovy, just so you can get a real taste for it. And we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll discuss what we're going to do next time around. We've said it several times before, but I think we're going to go with a guest next time around. We promise we'll go with a guest next time around. Yes. So it's going to be a surprise film for you guys and for us. Yep. And we're going to roll with it from there. On a side note, we'd like to thank everybody who has liked our Facebook page and has listened to our podcast through Podomatic and iTunes. We really appreciate it, and we're certainly – Uh, really appreciative of the fact that we're just getting started and we need as many people to to listen to it
1: as possible. So Mm. we'd like to thank everyone for that. Until next time. Well, a bit of a thank you to the fellas at um, the Action Figure Blues podcast as well. Uh, One of my friends, Ben, is on there. And, um, uh, yeah, I think he sort of gave us a a bit of a nod. Yeah. And, yeah, if you're in any way inclined to sort of – listen to that sort of thing. They talk about action figures, collectibles, that sort of stuff. So if that's up your alley, check it out. It's a really good podcast, and thanks to those guys. Absolutely. Very much appreciated. Until next time,
0: we'll catch up with everyone later. Take it easy. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at ThrillMePodcastAustralia or contact us at ThrillMe, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.